Welcome to A Love Like This. I'm Abby, I'm Paige. And I'm Ben, and we are so glad that you are here. As we sit down each week with some amazing guests and close friends, our hope is that you would be encouraged to take heart in the troubles of this world and would start living a more abundant and fruitful life. Welcome back to another episode of A Love Like This. It's just me, Abby, here today. You guys got an insight of what currently my journal entries are looking like, but we spoke about how when we lose that sense of awe and we become bored in our faith, we lose vision and direction in life. We don't have eyes to see others. We can't get into our word. Worship feels boring and we fall asleep when we pray and sometimes life can become dim. But acknowledging the fact that we are producing these unhealthy fruits leads to change into who we're becoming. So we spoke about practical things that we can do in order to change it up a little bit, to gain that sense of awe and wonder back. We spoke about how we need to return to God with our whole hearts and how to do that and how God responds to that. And finally, we spoke about the importance of running to the secret place, of praying for an inward change, praying for outward change so that we can get that sense of awe and wonder back and so that our faith doesn't become stagnant. So I want to talk about something this week that has been very um, evident in my life. It's come up in conversations. I've listened to podcasts on it. I've read books on it. It's been coming up in my devotional time when I'm reading the Word of God. Like It's just been something that has been the overarching theme of my life right now. And it's this idea of um, being bored with God. I know it sounds weird and it sounds kind of harsh, but I think every Christian finds themselves in a season that just feels dry, that no longer our faith feels like um, it did when we first received it. You know, I remember when I first became a Christian, so on fire, everything felt amazing. I was like so in tune with the Holy Spirit. I loved reading the Word of God. I loved praying, always had words to pray, Um, saw others. But sometimes um, it's so easy to find ourselves in just dry seasons. But I think it's a beautiful thing when we recognize that that's not the the faith that we want. This is not the life we want to live. I don't want to live a dry faith. You know, I want to be constantly on fire for God and, you know, having eyes to see others all the time and to preach the simple gospel. Um, so I think it's beautiful when we can recognize that um, because it's God who does the work within us to help us change and to be better and to grow. And that's something that I'm definitely learning um, that, you know, we're not the same as we were when we first came to know the faith. We're different and we're constantly changing. And God has just been reminding me of that. But something that I never want, I never, ever want to lose my sense of awe and wonder of God. I never want to forget that. And I think it's so intentional that God allowed me to have a couple of weeks where I have felt a little bit dry in my faith. Um, as I approach Easter, because Easter is my favorite time of year. I'll firstly say that. Um, We're getting a bit ripped off with the rain here in Sydney, which sucks, but it's my favorite time of year because it reminds me of the whole why, the whole point as to why I feel so grateful that I'm a part of this kingdom. And it reassures me that Jesus and God is fully present in my life, but he's also fully present in heaven. And I don't know, it just reminds me of the whole the whole reason as to why, you know, God is God and why I love him so much and everything that he endured for me and for you. So I love Easter so much. And um, I love that it happened, you know, this, you know, this dry season happened now because I'm now recognizing like, man, I can't believe all that he's done for me. And this is the type of life that I want. So it's like recognizing, I don't want to drive faith, realizing what he's done for me and then making a change, you know, changes in my life that will help me 
to stay in awe of God and to not get bored with God and not get stagnant in my faith. So that's something that I want to share with you guys this week. Um, And yeah, so I want to read this devotional quickly from New Morning Mercies. And I'll never forget, Paige and I were having a conversation, you know, just about dry faith and how we feel kind of bored with God and nothing, like nothing's really speaking to us when we read the Bible anymore. We fall asleep when we pray. Um, And then I turn to this devotional and the first thing I look at is human beings who were created to live in awe of God are in grave danger when familiarity causes them to be bored with God. I was like, wow, okay. Yeah, this is for me. I got to read this. And so I absolutely loved it so much. And I'll try and like paraphrase it as much as I can, but it's honestly so good. So I'm just going to read it and then we're going to break it down a little bit and then figure out ways that um, we can, I guess, implement or things that I'm trying to implement in my life to keep that sense of awe, to keep that fire for God. Um, And so, yeah, let me read it quickly. Familiarity is a beautiful thing. It's wonderful to be familiar with a beautiful piece of music. It means you have been blessed to hear it over and over again. It's a blessing to be familiar with roses because it means you have the privilege of having bushes nearby that you lay your eyes on every day. But the blessing of blessings is to be familiar with the ways, the character, the presence and the promises of God. That means that grace has bridged the separation between you and God and has drawn you into close communion with Him. It also means that the Spirit of God has opened your eyes, heart and mind to the things of God so that, was, so that what once was foolish to you now brings you hope, comfort and joy. Yes, familiarity is a wonderful thing, but it can also be a very dangerous thing. Here's the scary dynamic of familiarity. The more you are near to something and the more familiar it becomes, the less you actually see and appreciate that thing in the way you once did. Hmm. Okay, crazy. (laughs) When you first bought your house, perhaps you were blown away by the grand majestic 200-year-old tree that stood in the backyard. But something has happened as the years have gone by. You don't really see that tree anymore. It doesn't blow you away anymore. And the only time you talk about it is when you complain that you have to rake the pile of leaves it annually drops. Familiarity can be a dangerous thing. Now, here's the vertical connection. Every human being was designed by God to have his hopes, his dreams, choices, words, actions, desires, and motivations shaped by jaw-dropping, heart-controlling, life-shaping awe of God. The stunning reality of God's existence is his glory and we were meant to and was meant to be at the center of every human consciousness. When we are all meant to live with the awareness of God and because of that awareness to live in a Godward way. Or of God was designed to be the principal motivation for everything we would ever do. But something happens to us as we drawn into a close relationship with God and are blessed to live close to his secret things. Familiarity causes us to lose our awe of God. What once stunned us doesn't anymore. What produced worship in our hearts doesn't anymore. What caused us to act with hope and courage doesn't anymore. What caused us to say no to sin and yes to righteousness doesn't anymore. I'm afraid that many of us have lost our awe of God and we don't even know it. Is there evidence in your life that you were awe deficient? Cry out for eyes to see once again, for a heart ripped by all once again, and be thankful for the grace that assures you that you will be heard and answered. And I love that so much because I don't know if any of you guys can relate to that, but when I read this, I'm like, 
Yep, that's me. Yep, that's me. And it's crazy because rereading this actually just goes back to the verse that we're going to pull apart in a second. Um, and that idea of rending your heart, like ripping your heart before God to experience that awe and wonder again. So here's what happens when we lose a sense of oneness in our life. And I'm speaking from my own experience. You may feel things that are different, but for me, I lose vision and direction in my life. I don't have eyes to see others. I can't get into my word. Worship just feels boring. I fall asleep when I pray and life honestly becomes a little more dim because I feel like the enemy has like a, a you know, a greater, I guess, space to come in my life, in my mind, in my heart. I get confused. I question things. I don't pray about things very much. Maybe you're somebody who finds it easy to fall into sin, to talk badly about others, to be angry, to be bitter, jealous, whatever it may be. Um, and I love that we can read the word of God and see people who also felt this same thing, who felt this, you know, this, I miss God, like this sense of, I miss God. Um, and Paul says it perfectly, um, in Romans one to 21 in the message. And the reason why I'm reading from the message, because I know that there is, um, people who listen to this podcast who don't usually read the Bible. So I just want to keep it as simple as I can. And this is what's crazy is it says this, what, what happened was this. People knew God perfectly well, but when they didn't treat him like God, refusing to worship him, they trivialized themselves into silliness and confusion so that there was neither sense nor direction left in their lives. And that is just so true. Like that just reaffirms everything to me that when I lose my sense of awe and wonder and remembrance of the God that I serve and this kingdom work that I'm a part of, I lose my sense of direction. I lose my vision and I do all the things that I just listed out. And so when I find myself, um, you know, producing these, I guess, unhealthy fruits in my life, it, it needs to, you know, it needs to lead to change because I change in a bad way and I don't want to change in a bad way. And so it's crazy because, yeah, no longer I, I have eyes to see the great God that I serve and I, I feel like I lose sight of the desire to even become like Christ. Um, and, you know, all throughout the Bible, we see people who have been through those seasons, like I said before, where God has just become familiar. You know, example of this is um, David when we read Psalm 51 to 12. He says, bring me back from great exile, put a fresh wind in my sails. Obviously, he's praying that prayer because he needs some fresh wind. How many of us can use some fresh wind in our lives? I know I can. Um, and I think that it requires some practicality in our lives, truly. And I was talking to a friend about this too. I was just explaining that, you know, my quiet time feels a little bit off. I can't really experience God's presence as much as I, you know, used to. Um, and, you know, they encouraged me like, shake it up, change it up a little bit. See see if you can maybe move locations or do something different to, I guess, become like unfamiliar with the presence of God. You know what I mean? Like to, to I guess, find comfort in knowing that he's there again. Like just do something different. Anyway, and that really struck me with this idea that sometimes in order for us to get our awe and wonder back with God and to break this, I guess, pattern of familiarity and our boredom with Christ is we need to apply some things in our lives to change. We need change. Um, and I just, I love that idea. So I think the first thing to remember is that it starts with you and him. And so often I think that we can get so lost in the things that we do for God rather than simply being with God, you know? Um, and in Joel, it says to return. And I'm going to read the verse in a second. 
But if you feel like you've become complacent with your faith where you don't find life in reading the word anymore or you don't feel his presence in worship or you feel like you have no words to speak through prayer, simply return. And I love this scripture so much. It says, yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all of your heart, with fasting, weeping and mourning. So rend your hearts and not your garments and return to the Lord your God for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. And I just love this so much. You see, if we desire to live a life filled with awe of God once again, we must return. You know, I love um, the analogy that I remember reading in one of Bob Goff's books. And he talks about, he uses it in the context of finding joy again. But you know, when you lose your car keys, you you would go back and you trace all your steps and really think about, hmm, where was the last place I, fe- I had my keys or where did I leave my keys last? It's the same thing about our faith. Go back. When was the last time you truly felt the presence of God? What were you doing? What was different in your life? Who were the people that you were seeking counsel from? Or what were you doing in your quiet time? Or, you know, When did you last find joy? What were the things that you were doing in your life? You know, were you putting God first? And then how do you apply that to your life here and the now? It's about recognizing I I don't have it anymore, but then finding ways to go back and to look at the last places you you found joy. You know, what were you doing um, when you last experienced, you know, the joy in Christ? Were you in worship? Well, then worship more. Were you reading your Bible? Then get into the Word again and pray that the Holy Spirit will give you the desire to get into the Word again. Whatever it may be, just go back and return. But it's yes, it's returning back to those things that you you know you used to do. But also, just simply return back to God. I, it doesn't have to be some monumental moment of like, oh, I give my life to Christ for the second time in my life. Like this whole second, you know, salvation thing, salvation prayer. It can simply just be a moment with Jesus where you're returning. God, I want to come back to you. You know, bring me back to you. I want to come to you wholeheartedly. And I think that um. This is so important. I think as Christians, a lot of us slip into this idea of being half-hearted. You know, we don't do things with a whole heart. <laughs> it can be as simple as a gym routine, you know. I'm guilty of that too. I work out half-hearted sometimes. It's really hard for me to work out and I don't love doing it. And I do it half-hearted and I don't see the results that I want because I'm doing it half-hearted. I read my Bible half-hearted sometimes. I you know, pray half-hearted. I don't pray bold prayers anymore. I don't pray with a whole heart. Whatever it may be, you know, we do this thing where it feels half-hearted and we're getting half-hearted results because of it. Even in my uni work, oh my gosh, my friends will know this. I struggle with getting into uni wholeheartedly. I do it with a half-hearted attitude. Um, And it's the same thing with God is that sometimes we lose our sense of awe and wonder and our faith becomes a little bit boring because we're doing it half-hearted. We aren't willing to go the extra mile and to go back wholeheartedly. And that is exactly what this verse is saying. God is saying, return to me with all of your heart, with all of it, not just parts of it, not just the bits that you want me to answer or the things that you want me to do in your life. Give me your all, give me your whole heart and you will see the difference. And I love, um, I love this idea that Paige and I have been sort of talking about is we have this want and this desire to keep every moment holy. I want every moment to feel holy. I want to look at life with this like heavenly reality, this lens where I like, I see people, I see spirit at work. I see whatever it may be, you know, I have this desire and this longing to, um, to live a life that's wholeheartedly dedicated to God. And, um, 
I love recognizing that. And, and it's here in the now too. It's something that we, we, you know, learned about at Connect last night is, you know, this idea of having divine direction is not about the, the when or the what it's about the who, like, who are you becoming and who do you want to be in the now? Um, and I love this verse so much is that in those moments of simply returning to God, he tells us how to do it. He's like, do it with fasting, with no distractions, turn off your phone, you know, don't eat breakfast in the morning, whatever, if it means that you have this 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 hunger and this thirst to come to me from the living water. You know, I love how he says, come to me with your morning. Sometimes I know I feel like I'm grieving myself. I'm grieving my old way of life. I miss being on fire for God or, you know, I'm sad about something. He's like, come to me with it. Bring it all to me. Just like what Ben was talking about in last week's episode, cast your burdens onto him for he's Yoke is easy and his burden is light. Like we can cast all of our cares to God because he cares for us. And I feel like when I've left my, um, you know, when I've lost my sense of awe and wonder, it really does feel like I'm mourning something that I once had. Um, but then it gives us the next step. <laughs> and, you know, rend means to tear. Like it literally means to tear something. And I love this description of rend your heart, not your garments, meaning pull apart your heart before God. And I love how in... um. Psalm 139, David says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offense way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. I love that too, because David knew. David knew that in order to get back with God, God had to be the one to search his heart. And I just love that picture of pulling apart our hearts before God, being like, God, would you search me? Would you show me the things that maybe I'm putting in place of you? Or what are, what is distracting me from you? Or what am I, you know, not feeling that I want to used to? Do it. Search me, God. Search my heart. And I, I love that David too needed, he felt like he needed, you know, constant check-ins with God. <laughs> you know, I think we need that as Christians. We need to be reminded of like, wow, wait, hang on a minute. I need to get back with God. I need to return to him with my whole heart, come to him with fasting and weeping and mourning, and then rend my heart before him, pull my heart apart before him. Um, Because, and I love this next part. I love that he reminds us of who he is. I feel like God always does that. Um, I love that he says that he's gracious and he's compassionate and he's slow to anger and abounding in love. You know, I love that idea that he's gracious. He has grace for us, no matter how far we've strayed or how how um, little we pray or how, you know, often we forget about God. He's so gracious and he's so compassionate and he's not angry. You know, he's not pointing his finger saying, hey, you're not living the way I, I called you to live and you're forgetting about me. No, he literally like grabs our faces with his nail scarred hands and says, this is what I want your life to be about come to me because I am gracious and compassionate and slow to anger and abounding in love. You know, this idea of just this, um, this bindingness of love of Jesus, that if we pull our part, if we pull apart our hearts before God, he is the one abounding in love. that's going to bind us back to him through love. Um, and if you are someone who longs to feel a sense of awe and wonder and, um, you know, your faith feels like it's dried out and you're kind of failing to return back to God with your whole heart. Practically speaking, I think sometimes it definitely requires to establish new routines or habits or to change our time with Jesus. You know, I'm Paige and I both said that we don't want to call our time with Jesus quiet time anymore, even though we love it. And it's what I've been calling since, you know, three years ago when I've been, I've journaled every single day for the last three years and I've called it my quiet time is 
that we want to call it spending time in the secret place because it's a reminder to us that we have safety in Him. We can pray before Him. It's our hidden place. It's behind closed doors. It's like our secret place to Jesus. And we want to run to that secret place every single day. And it's this um this idea. I don't know if you guys have heard the song Secret Place by Hillsong, but it is such a great song. And the lyrics in it are amazing. So I highly recommend you guys um, listen to it. But... One of the things, the lyrics that I absolutely love, which I just feel is so, oh my gosh, so evident of exactly how I'm feeling right now. It says, and I remember the beginning when I found the secret place. Don't know why it felt familiar, but I knew it right away. There were times it seemed so simple and sometimes so unsure, but no, no, not a moment was ever wasted, knelt behind those closed doors. Because the secret place is secret. That's where it gets its name. It's not hiding, but it's hidden. That is so good. Sorry, that is so good. Far from all religious games. No, it won't bring recognition or get called up on a stage because the melody is sacred. You sing in the sacred place. Um, It says, it's an open invitation. No words you have to say. If you want it, you can get there. There's a thousand different ways. There's no glory in the method. None are right and none are wrong. You just put your trust in Jesus and then start to sing along. Because just as you are, you're welcome. There's no part you have to play. It doesn't need to be impressive. Couldn't do that anyway. Because when it gets too complicated, the melody will fade. But if you take the time to listen, you can hear heaven's refrain. And then it goes on to say that there'll be days that it feels distant. Yep. So far beyond my reach. Yes. Like my failures locked the entrance and my spirit lost the keys. But the beauty of the secret that I'm so grateful for is that your presence doesn't need me to kick down an open door. So I'm running to the secret. I'm going there today. I got no reason not to worship and get undignified again. There's no time for inhibitions or to care what people say. I won't waste another minute. Take me to the secret place. Oh my gosh, I love that song. Let that be the definition of this time that I have with Jesus. That returning process, that that want to go back to God is to return to the secret place in solitude behind closed doors. You know, I think we get so caught up in the religious actions. Like not saying that Christianity is, you know, a religion, but we go to church and we go to our Bible studies and we do all the things, but we forget like the intimacy that we can have with God. And I think that or one that begins with that um, intimacy with just you and him. So that's why I think it's so important to return to the secret place. Um, And I think another thing is to just pray that he would work inwardly and outwardly. You know, it it takes, it takes, um, we say it all the time, you know, find comfort in discomfort. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I was having like a bit of an off week and I'm like, man, I really just want to do something different with God. So I just had a night off. No one was home. I just drove to Starbucks, sat down in this cozy little corner, had a hot chocolate and just got into coincidentally, Psalm 139. And I had this moment with God where I was just reminded of his love and his faithfulness and his goodness. And that'll be a moment that I'll remember forever now because it was so different. You know, it wasn't familiar. It didn't feel the same. I was in the secret place, um, you know, in public. And I don't know, it just really stood out to me. So sometimes it requires us to pray, to pray for an inward work in our hearts, to pray that the Holy Spirit would help us see again, to help us get that fire back, to help us not get bored with God. Um, And something else too is working out with me. You know, I've been praying for months, you know, God, just bring me like, I don't want to stay in a Christian bubble, you know, bring me out into the world. I want to share your your good news. I want to share you with people and your love. Um, And, you know, I've had an encounter with a friend 
And if she's listening to this, you know who you are. <laughs> but it's just a reminder to me like, man, you know, this is what it's about. It's about going out and to seek the lost and to tell them about Jesus. And, you know, we caught up for like three hours again at Starbucks. I feel like I live at that place, but we caught up there for three hours and it just reminded me of, oh my goodness, sometimes our moments with God of awe and wonder come from simply being with others. That's the whole point, you know. Jesus' whole ministry was about other people. And so I think something practically that we can do in our lives is to say, I'm not thinking about me anymore. I only want to think about others. And then that then will give us moments with Jesus through being with other people that will then give us awe and wonder again. And it fuels my faith. It makes me feel on fire again. So this was a little bit all over the place, this episode. Um, but I hope it encouraged you guys in some way. I know I'm just bab- you know, blabbling on. I feel like I'm just spilling out my journal entries to you guys, but I do hope it sort of encouraged you. I don't know if all the pieces made sense or whatever, but if you felt encouraged um, you know, in some way, let us know. Um, let me know too. But also I just, yeah, I just pray that like you guys will feel prompted to return back to God if you if you feel like you've strayed away or to not come complacent with your faith because it's not something that deserves that. You know, He deserves our best and our faith should fuel out everything in our lives and it shouldn't be something that feels like a burden. It's a blessing. It shouldn't feel like it's it's subtracting things from our lives. No, it's adding. It's, it's, so, it's so much gain, you know. Consider everything a loss, Paul says in Philippians 3. Consider everything to be a loss in the view of the surpassing knowledge of knowing Christ Jesus. And I remember that verse because I want to remember that verse, you know, daily that everything is a loss than knowing Christ. So I just want to encourage you guys to see everything as a loss other than knowing Christ because beauty beauty and awe and wonder um, flow from that place, from that secret place with Him. Well, guys, I hope that you enjoyed this podcast episode. It was a little bit all over the place, but I hope that you guys felt encouraged in some way. So the things that stood out and the things that we sort of spoke about this week is that we are all meant to live with an awareness of God. And what happens when we lose sight of that living in awe is that we lose vision and direction in our lives. We don't have eyes to see others. We can't get into our word. Worship feels boring. We don't have words to pray and life becomes dim. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode and we'll catch you guys next week. See ya.